Welcome back to the Chase and Tail Podcast. Episode 5, we got Kyle, Logan, Riley in the studio. This episode, we're talking all about Kyle, his uh, big November rifle season kill. So uh, we're going to jump right into it. Hope you guys enjoy. Yeah, Kyle. It was a good yeah. season for you. It was a pretty good season. It's not over yet, so there's wow. more to do. There's more to do. I don't know about that with this... This cold, yeah. yeah. You won't see me probably hunt until it warms up a little bit here. What do we got? Well, but you'll you'll run run camera though. Yeah, we got a what a week? Week left. Yeah, one week today. Sunday, right? Last day. Saturday. Saturday. Next Saturday. Yep. We will kill a doe before then. It's guarantee. Yeah. Is so it, we hope cameras. Have you seen anything on cameras? We no, uh, since it's gotten below zero for the last five days, my cameras haven't worked at all. Oh, so shout out to Tacticam for that. Thank you. <laughs> like, you, I, I just think there's uh, no deer. Uh, no, there's no, there's no check-in pictures or nothing. Oh, yeah. Nothing. You normally get two check-in pictures oh. a day. Well, if that's all we have set up. My cameras haven't worked for about <clears throat> a month now. That's so. because you use Cuddy, Cuddy backs. Yeah, that's true, but. No, Tacticams are usually pretty bulletproof, but uh, it's just this frigid cold, they're not working, so Carbon. it's kind of a bummer. It kind of ups, pisses me off a little bit, but... Who would really want to hunt in this weather anyways? Who'd want to hunt, but I'd still like to know what's going on. I mean, if I got a doe that walks past the camera, I'd want to know about it. Well, yeah, but if you have a big buck, I know you're tagged out, but if you have a big buck walk by, it's maybe you got 30. Andrew, you got Andrew. There's buck tags there, we'll figure it out. <laughs> I don't have much for shooters out there, so I ain't too worried about it. All right. Well, should we jump into this? Yeah. The, Let's get into it. Yeah. The big nine. The big nine. Tell oh. us all about them. Was it a nine or a ten? Well, I always called it, to me it was the big nine. <clears throat> At his best, he was a ten-pointer. By the time he died, he was an eight-pointer. So, But to me, he's always the big nine. That's what I called him, because he was just a... Mainframe nine pointer with, um, I don't know what you want to call it, but he had a like a four or five inch something coming off his base, going right behind his head. So that was right where little junky. The picture on Instagram you would see, but right where your hand was is where that was coming from, right? Yeah, right off the back of the left base, the left side base. It was coming going right over the back. So you say he started off as a ten this year. Yeah. Ended as an eight. Ended as an eight. Broke his ninth So he's point a warrior. Off. He's a warrior. He's a fighter. What do you, how old do you think he was? Um, I think he was definitely all day four and a half, but I, I really think he was a five and a half year old deer. He was a big body freaking deer. That one big, picture I Biggest body deer I've ever Pulling shot. out of the truck, yeah. That's. So I, I, I think he was five and a half. But, well, where did it all start with, with, with him? When's the first picture? Um, first picture was early August, early to mid mid August, I'd say. Um, we had the Princeton property that hunt. We put a food plot in down there. It was a uh, clover mixed with big and beastie, the frigid forage blend. Um, shout out, shout out to frigid forage. Um, but yeah, the first picture. And a lot of the summer pictures came from the camera over that food plot. He never really ate off it much. He did a little bit, but it was always just him walking by. 
cruising through that little area. Um, he was a real frequent visitor in August and early parts of September. So that's that's kind of where it began with him. And I just, from the first picture, he was a shooter. We had, uh, at that time in August, we had other bigger bucks on camera. But he was still a shooter no matter what. He was he was a good deer. Is that the one that Jake sent me when we were in Nebraska? Yeah, yeah that was the one. So... Is this the first year you've had pictures that you know of, or have you had that, recent? That I know. Years? This I'm sure there's been pictures of them in the past. Well, this is the but, f- this is the first year you've really got involved with it. Like you've hunted it for what three, four years now. But yeah, three, four years now. But I never really ran cameras. That's kind of <laughs> went out there and just bow hunted a little, little bit here and there. Rifle hunted it, but I usually hunted other places and wasn't really involved in the whole down there. And this year I got more involved and hunted a lot harder and. More involved with cameras and food plots and stuff. That picture where the grass is hanging from his antlers. Yes, we got a really cool trail cam picture. It was, I'm trying to remember the date on it, but it was right about the time he shed his velvet, like the day or two after he shed his velvet, I got a picture of him with a whole bunch of like swamp grass hanging off his antlers. It's, It's a badass picture. Maybe not a whole bunch, but he had grass hanging. It was cool. It was a very cool picture. And then... So with that deer, like I said earlier, we had a lot of, not a lot, we had a couple other bucks that were bigger that came on camera in August and velvet. When the bucks started to shed and, you know, we're on camera, all those other bigger bucks disappeared and he was the biggest one that was most frequently there. Like he shed his velvet and we still kept getting pictures of him, you know, coming by. It was always that food plot camera that he came through on. Um, a couple of the other ones maybe too, but yeah, he was the best buck hardhorn that was down there at the time. I know you were pretty excited when you were in Nebraska because you, you were getting pretty frequent pictures of him to come home and hunt. So yeah, that was right around, you know, that first week, September. Yeah. And then I kind of screwed myself a little bit with the whole early season part of it because early season, especially he was out there. I mean, he was really frequent. Um, so I kind of lost sight of things early season. I kind of got more into bear hunting than I was with the deer hunting. So I ended up bear hunting and then like opening night I was bear hunting. And I, I mean, I think he was out in daylight in the food plot that night, not in front of the camera, but I'm pretty sure I seen him when I was walking out for bear hunting. But then, uh, after that, after the, opener he he kind of backed off the property a little bit like and it wasn't as frequent of a visitor well like we talked to i almost wonder if it's because of the bear baiting and how much you were i I, I, I think i screwed myself a lot with the whole bear hunting down there this year and i, I won't do it in the future because i think it really jeopardized my chance of killing that the big nine this last year because, you know, we're in and out of their baiting every day, bear hunting, and it's a, remotely, it's a big farm, but the river bottom part that we hunt is a remotely small area, so I mean. I bet it's no more than 10, 15 acres total. No, it's more, it's probably more like 40. Oh, really? But still fairly, it's a small area, it's wide open, there's not much cover or anything, so I mean, when you're down there and you're doing something, like, they know, it, it affects them. 
So the bear hunting really affected that deer. When we really got into the bear hunting and bear baiting, that deer backed off the property. And then we got less pictures of him. And when he did show up, it was midnight, one in the morning type of thing. So that's how that kind of turned into from middle September into October. Which, did you really even get much for pictures even before you really killed them? Like, very sporadic through the night? Like The last picture I got of him... Because I know him, he kind of disappeared. The last picture I got of him, I think, was October 14th. It was either 14th or 13th. was the last picture I got of him before I killed him. But I seen him from the stand one time in October before I killed him. That didn't have him on camera, but yeah, the last trail cam picture I had of him was October fourteenth. We'll say. Um, but you you kind of gave up too, like you went and hunted <clears throat> the one farm for does. Yeah, I hunted. Yeah, I hunted around. I got three places that I hunt. I you know always don't try to burn up one property, so I move around quite a bit. In the middle of October, it kind of sucked for us. I feel like this year. Oh, yeah. it it was it was the October lull, as people call it. Was it it was bad. I feel like I didn't have much going on at all in October. Like I hunted Mora and I can't even shoot a buck out there. I just want to get eyes on a couple bucks I have named out there that are, you know, upcomers or decent bucks that I wanted to see and does and whatnot. I just, I just didn't want to like this property where the big nine lived. I didn't want to burn it out too bad, but I wanted to hunt. So if I didn't have a good wind, I'd go hunt somewhere else. But whenever I'd have a good wind, and I have a good feeling, and I always go in there and hunt it. Like, any, like, October cold front we had, I'd be sitting over my food plot down in the river bottom, the Princeton property, hoping that big nine-pointer would come out. Because he was in there feeding early October in the middle of the night. So I just thought maybe big cold front, maybe he'll push in a couple hours earlier and, you know, I'd catch him at the last light or something. Right. Never happened. But there's always hope that he it would happen. You just never know. I mean, it could have happened. Yeah, because you didn't. What <clears throat> you didn't do much hunting really till basically the last week in October is really when we all basically hit hard. But yeah, that's it, basically I, our. I hunted a couple, like I said, big cold fronts, and that was it. And then uh, I think it was October twenty eighth was that last weekend bow hunt before rifle season and I hit her hard down there I hunted I took a couple left work early a couple days came to work late a couple days hunted that weekend hard didn't see very much deer at all and I think it was the Sunday morning before gun season we were down there and we were texting in our group chat that we have us guys that are all bow hunting and we're texting, BS, and I hadn't seen any deer. I was kind of playing on my phone, not paying attention. And I was like, you know, I'm just going to scan the river bottom with my binoculars, see see what a guy sees. And I was scanning, and I had seen it was the ear of a deer. It was in some brush. And like it was the ear. So I was like, oh, there's a deer there. So I was watching, focusing on paying attention. And finally the deer moved, kind of went into opening, and it was like a, looked like a yearling doe, like a really small doe. And I was watching, I was like, oh, that's cool, there's a doe. And she kept looking behind her. I was like, oh, there's something behind her, you know, and I'm kind of paying attention. And then she walks through an opening, and I keep my eye on that opening, and boom, he stepped out, and it was the big nine-pointer. And I knew right then and there it was him. I mean, it was, it was him. And I was like, holy, like, 
holy crap, like, this is dear. And, like, I knew in the moment, so I was set up, well, for me, it was probably 120 yards away across the river, and he was with a doe. And, like, he wasn't chasing the doe. The doe wasn't running from him. He was just walking with the doe. October 28th, so I was like, there's nothing I can do to get that buck off that doe and cross the river. So this is more just watch him go and just be happy he's alive and in the area. So I watched him just walk with that doe up into a real thick bedding area and disappear. And that was cool. I mean, I was shaking uncontrollably. But that was really cool to see. And I knew right then and there that that was definitely the buck that I wanted to shoot. And he was the buck I was going to kill. If I could kill a buck, that'd be the one. Like you said, too, you definitely played it safe on the longs of lines of, you know, not being stupid with it, calling at him. Right, you and because I rattled that morning kind of blindly, and, like, he was there, and he probably heard me, and, you know, I, I didn't care to push that any further than that. That's the thing. Know? It's so early, and, like, that farm is known. I mean, there's been how many big deer shot off there during the gun season. Yeah, yeah. You know, so it's it's not worth, you know, trying to screw something up when the first sight you have on them, like, right. you know. Right, no, I, I knew there could be more opportunities if I stayed persistent and played it smart. And I really wanted to stress the point enough in my head to play it smart, play my wind, because he's a big old smart deer. He's been around the block a few times. He knows how the game goes, and I didn't want to screw it up. Because if I screwed it up, he's a mile down the river on somebody else's farm hanging out. It so is. I just goes to show that you can't always trust what your cameras are showing you, though. Well, and I will get into that more. When this story gets further along, it will get very well into trusting cameras. But you can't trust your cameras. And not only Because you that. think... Sorry, Rick. You think your cameras are covering, you know, a lot. <laughs> yeah. And then you see that, and you're like, that fucker is about to move in daylight. I don't even have a picture of right. him. We do rely on cameras way too much, which... Yeah, I think we do, too. We, you know, we almost shouldn't. Like, Instead Matt's, of trusting. Matt's kind of a thing is... You know, he doesn't like to do that. Um, right. And not only that, but, I mean, like he said earlier, you know, with the group chat we had, you know, with us five buddies that we weren't seeing nothing. I think right. Matt shot that deer the night before you I shot, wasn't you know, saw it for the first time. I wasn't seeing anything. Taylor wasn't right. seeing anything. Matt like, hardly seen nothing. Like I said, we were BS and texting group chat. I was, I said, like, it was a 10% kill stand. 90% observation thing because I had nothing going on. Nothing. And like, and then I just seen that deer that morning. It's like, well, holy cow, they are moving. Like, mm-hmm. based off cameras, what I'm seeing, like, they're not moving, but holy cow, there he is. I mean, if you think about it, your camera has a what? 30 a teeny, yard, tiny little yeah, percentage like, of the woods. <laughs> we just, it's just. And we're all bad. I've, I've watched nice deer, like decent deer, 120-inch deer, walk 10, 10 feet from a camera and not get their picture taken. Because they go just just outside of it or just behind it or something. It's like, oh, wow. I would have never known that deer came through here mm-hmm. well, the worst if thing, I wasn't sitting here. Right. The worst thing about it, too, is, is when you get pictures of them walking in front of the camera multiple times, you know, even the deer I have, Logan's like... You rely on it way too much when it comes down to that time of year, and you're like, oh, they disappeared, and you just get down. Right. Like you thought like, your 10 pointer disappeared this year, and then next thing you know, the neighbor shot it coming off your property. Well, that was the up and comer, you know. The up and comer, but still, you know. 
Yeah, we won't get involved in that this episode, yeah. but let's just a little sneak peek at that as a deer got pushed off my land during muzzleloader season shot with a shotgun. So um, we hate to see him go. Guy shoots it fairly, we'll congratulate him, but if he shoots right. it in the wrong way. But it, that it is what it is. I mean, you know, there's those shitty people in the world, but that's how hunting goes. Right. You know. So <clears throat> yeah, I seen him on the twenty eighth from a distance and I watched and he went into like a known bedding area, like a a thick, gnarly bedding area, and it's a spot where in the past during the rut, you'll see bucks going out of there looking for does. It's like a primo doe bedding area. So I watched him, and I kind of had a plan. And I talked to the guy that I hunt that piece, that farm with, and he had an idea on where to put a stand to hunt that bedding area. So I think it was the next day, midday, went down, down there, hung an XOP in... 40 yards from that bedding area that we watched this the big nine go into. And then I think that week from that the week before rifle season opened, I hunted four or five times. Whenever I'd get the right wind, I'd go in a, I'd start work late or leave work early. I'd go in there and hunt it. Just downwind of that doe bedding area. And I mean nothing. I mean I've seen some decent bucks. I've seen a decent buck the one day. Small bucks, does, but never him. <clears throat> oh, guys get parched. A little tickly or what? But, uh, yeah. But, so I, I made a few little, little strikes there before rifle season starts. I really want to give him that bow before any risk of, because there's a lot of hunting pressure in that area from neighbors. Especially when the orange army comes out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. A lot of orange army in that area. So... And I did that and never seen him, never no trail cam pictures, nothing. Just disappeared again. So then I, rifle season rolls around and opening morning went out and I hadn't seen any, any rut action that week before rifle season, which we usually do. It was, this year was weird and different. It was just, it was quiet before gun season. But then, uh, opening morning rolled around and went out. I set up at a spot to where I thought I could kill him if he was in the area looking for does or chasing does or doing the rut thing. And I seen him. I mean, it was that opening morning for rifle season. For me, it was like the rut kicked off in full swing that day. I seen, I think, like 16 deer total, like seven or eight bucks chasing does. I seen a 125 to 130 inch uh, buck that morning. And I, I mean, I really had to think about it, but you know, obviously you got the pass. Um, made the right decision. Made the right decision, that's right. <clears throat> Hold on, the guy's getting thirsty. <laughs> Which, the right decision sometimes is really tough to do. I mean, it we, is really tough to do. get such an itchy trigger finger, especially when... Minnesota, central Minnesota. Well, well right. And, and when it was such a shitty, like, it was just really tough for us, like... We weren't seeing a lot for everybody. Everybody was kind of down. We were expecting to be a really good end of October with the yeah, bow. Yeah, the but... end of October was terrible for bow hunting. Mm-hmm. That's why, like, when I seen that 130-inch deer opening more rifle season, and he was, he got to 20 yards from me, and it was like, man, that'd be a lot of fun right now. And I could, 
punch my buck tag and just kind of enjoy the rest of the year. Maybe it should have dealt with him too, you know? But I just knew he wasn't the one that I wanted. It wasn't a cal- caliber of deer I wanted. So, I mean, I, and he was going towards Andrea, and I thought for sure if I passed him, Andrea would shoot him. Well, he slipped past Andrea. And <laughs> he's, we still, still, to this day, we get that same buck on camera. So he made it, and he'll be, he'll be the one we're talking about this time next year. That's a, that's the same deer that you saw the first day you bear hunted. That was nope. five year or totally different deer. No, nope. so that was so the one I seen this year was an eight pointer. Okay. Rifle hunting, that ten pointer, he was all over the cameras all year, and he got shot opening morning rifle season by the neighbor. Oh yeah. <clears throat> um, he was a good up and comer too. He was. Uh, I bet she was a two and a half year old hundred thirty inch deer. Well, that and that's the biggest problem, like. You know, obviously, everybody talks really badly about Minnesota, but we have, we do have really good deer up here. It's just, you don't see a lot of them. We have good deer, but we have also poor management in my eyes. And and that's where, you know, I was getting with that is, you know, we don't have big acreage farms really that, you know, deer, I mean, deer travel miles, like further in the story, you know. Yeah, you'll find out that. Right. Deer travel miles and it's like. It's just going to go to the next neighbor and get shot because mm-hmm. it's a decent buck because, you know, that's right. just how Minnesota is and, you know, we... Well, and I know the guy that shot that deer and, like I said, he was like a 130-inch 10-pointer and he was, to me, he was a two-and-a-half-year-old deer. He was young. If he wasn't two-and-a-half, he was maybe three-and-a-half, maybe. But the guy was ecstatic. He was so happy he shot that deer. So good for him. Yeah, you can't knock a guy for it. Can't knock a guy right. for doing that. Right. It's just tough when you're, you know, you are trying to, to grow these caliber of deer and, you know, manage the properties mm-hmm. being shot on the neighboring property. But yeah, that deer would have, would have been a stud next year. But the one that did make it that I passed opening a rifle, he will be a stud next year. So we'll talk about that one next so, year. So back to kind of the story. This is the first weekend of gun season. So November 6th, 7th, something like that, right? 5th? 5th is when it opened. Yep, because I shot my deer on the 7th. Yeah, that's right. So yeah, that morning and the 5th and this morning and night were both extremely eventful for me. The whole day was, I sat majority of the day. It was really good. There was deer chasing. I mean, it was awesome. I was like, dude, this is going to be a fun couple days, next couple days. And then Sunday, the next day, the 6th, rolled around, and it was like a light switch. I didn't see jack shit all day. (laughs) (laughs) So I was like, all right, well, yesterday was my one good day of the year. So there was that. Taking strides. Yep. Yep, pretty much. (laughs) And then the next day rolled around, Monday, I didn't hunt in the morning, went to work, and I asked Jake uh, if I could leave early at 2 o'clock to go hunt. And he said, well, yeah, of course. He's like... Yeah, he's like, I'll go with you too. He's like, and he went out there. And, we Jake, and Jake, you know, clarify this. Jake is the guy, your boss, that it's his farm that yeah. you both hunt together. Yeah, it's his place. He allows me to hunt. So we left work at 2 o'clock that day. We went out there, and I know we both kind of, he asked me where I wanted to sit, and he told me kind of where he wanted to sit. So he kind of sat where he wanted to sit, which... He really wanted to sit there, and I really wanted to sit where I sat, and there are two separate spots, so it kind of worked out. Well, and not only that, but 
which is weird from him. The stand you sat is where he killed his his big one. And right. Where Andrea killed hers. And he likes the other spot just for some... You see a lot more deer there, but his biggest one, Andrea's biggest deer, my biggest deer up to this point before this day was killed from this stand. It's just always like a rifle season. Big bucks come by there for some reason. It's like once the whole rifle season a good buck will come by there. But it's, it seems to always happen. So I was like, I want that spot, you know. And the, this is the exact same spot that I seen the buck um, from on the 28th. Same spot. So I set that spot and it was one of the slowest nights of the year. Like, I got out there at 2.30... I don't remember when sunset was at that time of year, but I didn't see a single, and this is so funny. So I was sitting in a redneck, and the wind was coming, so my west window and my north window both facing the river bottom, and my east window faces out into a 400-acre cornfield, so it's wide open that way, and the wind was just ripping from the east that night. And I was debating all night on closing that east window because I was like, I never, I always see the deer in the river bottom. I never see him in the field. I was like, I'm not going to see a deer out there. I'm freezing my ass off from this wind that's coming from that way. But I was like, I'm going to leave it open just in case, you know. There was like a big temperature change, wasn't there? From yeah, it, Sunday, it, it like, got cold. Yeah. And it was really windy. And I was like, and I was so close to closing on so many occasions. I was like, nope, I'm just going to just tough through it because I don't I want someone to come running out and just miss an opportunity because I was cold you know so I left the window open and I was watching the river bottom side and I was like every once in a while I'd peek back over the field just to be sure and it was getting late probably 45 minutes before the sun went down still hadn't seen a single deer all night and I peeked back over my shoulder and I seen him just coming out of it goes from standing corn, there's a little tree grove, or like a brush grove, and then a wide open chopped cornfield. And I had seen him just breaking through that tree grove, coming out in the wide open cornfield. About a hundred and... At first, you know, it was probably 100, 100, 120 yards away, and he was running, like running, wide open running. And I seen him, and I knew right away that, I was like, that's him. I was like, I'm going to check with my binos first because my binos sit right up, right next to me. So I pulled my binos up. I was like, holy fuck, yes, that's him. And I dropped my binos. I think just flat out dropped them. And I pulled out my gun and he was running and he was moving, I mean, quick. And I was yelling at him, you know, the whole meh, meh thing. And he wasn't stopping. I finally I was just yelled, yelled it out to him. And he kind of looked my way as he was running and slowed down to a trot. And I just, and he was about to round the corner in the field to where he, I'd keep getting out of my, my shots. So I said, yeah, I let, I let it rip. I put it right by my shoulder and let it rip. And then he buckled up and he stopped and he was getting kind of all wobbly and kind of walking backwards, walking forward, doing one of those things. I wasn't risking anything. So I pumped another round in, settled it right, right on his heart and squeezed the trigger and he just dropped like like a sack of bricks. <laughs> the old 6-5 did the, the old, job. Yep. The, the funniest thing, too, is earlier on that night, you know, me and Kyle are Snapchatting. He wasn't saying he was seeing much, but he sent me, the first time, he sent me this picture of him smiling. 
I got like, the same one. And then there was like a video. Grin, big old grin. And then I'm like, did he just shoot one? And then he didn't answer me for a while. And then he, he, then he, he did and he didn't. But then not much after he answered me, I get another one with a giant grin on. I knew right away like that face he just shot at I think the one you sent me, you were like walking. Oh, to it. So I'm hold like, on. What the well, hell are you let doing? Let me finish on how. So when he came on, he was running. And he kind of slowed to a trot. He was skyline really bad. There's a few houses back there. Like a long ways, but there's houses in that direction. So I was like. Don't shoot him, Skyline. Don't shoot him, Skyline. And then he kind of was slowly angling down enough. So I was like, trying to get a good aim on him. He's running, trotting. It wasn't like running. He was like a slow, like a trot type of thing. I don't know what you want to call that. But he's coming down the hill a little bit. So I waited, had to wait for him to be in lane, under the Skyline, and moving slow enough to take a shot. And then, yes, I shot him. Shot him the second time, he dropped, and I, it had been a long season for me, and I had, I had wanted this so bad, no matter what had happened, and I just, I dropped to my knees in this redneck stand, and I had tears, I don't know if I've told much people well, this did, Yeah, did you say you called Andrea right after? I, I called, I mean, it wasn't 30 seconds after I pulled the second trigger, and I had Andrea on the phone. And she answered, and she's like, "Did you shoot one?" And I just, I had tears just rolling down my cheeks, <laughs> and I said, I, "I couldn't even talk." I think I just said, "I just shot him." She's like, "Did you shoot a nice one?" I was like, "No, I just shot him, like the one." And she's like, "Oh wow, like did you hit him?" And I was, I, I was like, "I gotta go," and I just hung up. <laughs> and I had tears coming to my face. I mean, it was a whole rush of emotions, really. I mean, you want something so bad sometimes in life. Like, I mean, it's the you literally, it's the you want it so bad and then it actually happens and you watch him fall and he's done and you know he's just waiting there sitting there waiting for you to put your hands on wow. it's just it's a whole rush of emotions i mean from january 1st up until it happens i mean you do so much for that one moment when it all comes full circle and happens you just sometimes you can't control it. well and that's just well, that's it. why we do it right it's 100 percent why we do it and when you're pouring in the time of food plots trail camera work sitting in the stand having those rough days having those rough weeks like oh there's what, so many days and yeah. weeks where i don't even see a deer and well like <clears throat> one of our good buddies says like i'm gonna sell my bow and buy a camera because like you just get to a point where it's like why do i do this and why do i enjoy it but right. right there is why right there when you pull that trigger or let that arrow fly or do whatever and it's while you've been dreaming of and it happens and it works out that moment the adrenaline rush and the feelings that went through my body in that five ten minutes that i experienced there i mean it wasn't even that big i mean it was a nice deer but i mean it just it, that's it's it's all worth it it's I don't all even, so worth it in that it, moment it doesn't even matter the size of deer. it doesn't matter the size no, but when, when you feel that way right. and there's there's no drug or anything that ex, ex, um, comes close to that adrenaline Wow, well, and by you saying not even that nice of a deer, you know, we scored it here at Kyle's place in, what, 141 as an 8? As an 8, yeah. You know, we don't know exactly what's going to score. We're, you know, Kyle's not perfect, but 141 as an 8 or even close within a couple inches, that's a big 8. Mm-hmm. There's big not eight a lot of people that is ever going to kill that big of an 8-pointer, like... Don't say that's... Claire did. Claire did. Well, 
It took it took about five hundred pounds of corn before that happened, but hey. But no, so back to the story. So yeah. So I shot it, I called Andrea, I, you know, tears and all, hung up with the flowers. I told her I was like, I I gotta go, I gotta look at this thing. Cause I seen him drop and he was dead. Like I knew for a fact he was dead. So I hung up with her and I was I was out of the stand within two minutes of pulling that second trigger and that's when I sent you guys the video of me smiling because I well I jumped out of the stand I was about to go out there I was I jumped out and I was like well maybe I should just wait a minute here you well, know did like, Jake beat you to the deer before you even well, got out so then I was like maybe I should wait a minute so I sent you guys this picture of me smiling so that's when it kind of hit me in the you know the excitement to go grab it and I was like well I'll just wait because I literally just shot it like two minutes ago so then I called Jake and he was only probably 100 yards from me 100 yards but different area type of stuff so I called him he's like oh holy shit wait for me and it was so funny because he's like well wait for me I'm like God, you know I hope he hurries up you know because I don't want to sit and wait for him <laughs> well didn't you I say looked, he didn't even hear you shoot he didn't even hear me shoot but it was windy it was really windy right. and I was in a oh, he's deaf as heck so and I was in a <laughs> enclosed stand so that kind of muffles it a lot but then I looked down on the river bottom I see him running through the woods <laughs> I was like oh thank god I was like <laughs> Thank God it's running because I don't want to wait any longer. <laughs> but then we get up to the, he gets up to the cornfield and he's keeps his pace. I gotta chase after him out there. Yeah, he he grabbed the antlers before me. But yeah, I mean it was one of them one of them deer where we got you know thirty yards away and I was like holy shit, holy shit. Then we get twenty yards away. I'm like oh my god, and then it's like five yards away. And you're like I, just, I wow like holy fuck, I can't believe this is real. Like, holy fuck, he's tall. He's big. He's And I grabbed him, and he was just... It was bigger than he looked in pictures. He's bigger than I could even have ever imagined. So... Yeah, it was... You know, and here I am. I just... That's and, my... And then it was like, holy fuck, he broke two of his tines <laughs> off. Isn't that just like a kick in the nuts when yeah. you see that? It was like, oh, I was waiting to see his little flyer sticker thing off the back. And then it was like, oh, no, that's broke off. It's funny because I'm sitting there, you know, as Kyle said, sent us a Snapchat of just this big old grin. So now this is the most part I enjoy is buddies shooting deer and all this that. So I'm trying to get a hold of them and... You know, and I, I obviously know that, you know, he's going through the process with, with you know, Jake and stuff, but, and now I want to know about it, and he, you know, it was probably an hour before I even got to talk to you, but, yeah. That, I remember the video. You sent me a video of you walking. Yeah. In the corn. And I said, it's I, I broad said, daylight. I still so, I mean, that video saved. I sent it to both of you guys, the number one hit lister, baby. Yeah. And you didn't even say anything on the first he one. He didn't say anything on no, the first one. No, there was nothing. Yeah, because I was I like, "What him. in the hell are you doing out right. of the stand yeah, right the now? You have thing. thirty more minutes." Yeah, <laughs> like what the hell? And then I'm like sitting there trying to call you, not oh, getting an answer, not getting an answer. I I remember when I got up to my deer, I'm grabbing the rack and holding them, and smiling, and just admiring them. My pocket was constantly vibrating. <laughs> it was, I was probably at least four every, calls. And to everybody sure listening, don't say anything to your friends until you after you've enjoyed the moment. <laughs> then tell your friends. Right, right. It's good God, they'll call the shit out of you. <laughs> well, I, mean, we, I mean, we're just as excited as oh, 100%, uh, whoever like, kills one. It's awesome. Dude, like, I just get the adrenaline rush alone of just seeing a text. You know, I just shot one like Mush, you know, yeah. and even you when I'm... And I was ice fishing at the time when you shot that one, and I got that. I just, you know, that yeah. 
there's no other feeling like that in the world. Like, I've done a lot of stuff in my life for adrenaline rush. I've caught big fish, tractor pulling. You know, I shot that big deer, couldn't find it in the end, but still that adrenaline rush at the moment. There's nothing like that in the world. It's nothing. Shot a lot of ducks, a lot of geese. There's just nothing like that. But that is exactly what drives us as a group to keep doing this. Oh, and I'll, I'll chase that adrenaline rush until the day I can't anymore. Mm-hmm. It'll never, it'll never quit. I mean, Absolutely. I mean, you were talking about all the emotions, and me and you specifically this year, like, not, like, we're sacrificing family time. Right. Trying For to sure. do, I've like, had my future wife pissed at me oh, on yeah. countless occasions because I'm out hunting and not spending time with the family. Well, right, and you guys from, you know, the what, eight, nine days gone, we were in Nebraska yeah. hunting to... It, it was tough this year, like, new the endless amount, all. yeah, new babies, you know, where our fiancés aren't happy because we're out, you know, doing stuff that they also enjoy, but, you know, we're trying to grow this page, get content for everyone. Kill big I mean, deer. Kill big deer. They sacrificed a lot for us to do it, so, I mean, that's one of the reasons why we do what right. we do and we can do it. You know, and even We Kyle, have to appreciate that. Even Kyle coming over and helping out with the food plot and, you know, Logan getting help and me helping Kyle and, mm-hmm. you know, there, we cannot explain to you guys enough how much time we put in. Like, there's a lot of time we screw around in there, but that is also the enjoyment of what we do as well. But yeah. the, the time is just, we can't explain it. I mean, you put more time into I, trying I to kill love... a deer than you enjoy that five ten minutes mm-hmm. adrenaline rush oh for sure like i love sitting on the tractor and tilling up a food plot i love doing that you know i love the whole the process whole, yeah the, the i love everything about it. i love tr- you know the whole check checking stands and you know trimming branches and doing ca- i love doing cameras i mean that's a huge uh passion of mine is cameras cameras is huge for me too i like you know just the enjoyment of if that notification going off from our cell cams and you you know you don't know what you're going to see and you open it up and oh it's just a dope you, oh, you get that little bit of adrenaline 100% you know and then when that big buck does show up it's like you know there was a couple of nights where I had that big 10 show up I had that big 8 show up I couldn't well, fall asleep and, and you learn a little bit about deer from that in general oh, yeah. you know and you know that's something else we could do a little bit better on is, is trail cameras on you know, we just start finally doing this. You know, we've been hunting for years, but, you know, now when when trail camera pictures come through, we're looking at wind. We're looking at temperature. Yeah. We're right. time of day. Where is this deer yeah. coming from? Where and why are they doing right. what they're doing is a huge question with big boxes. Where and why? Like, why did they come through at this time? And I know me specifically, when it starts coming into middle of October, deer starting to get riled up. Don't fully go off of what you're seeing. A hundred percent. I think, I mean, like, I was struggling, and you guys have heard me bitch countless times that I don't know where my effing deer went. I don't know where they are. Let, let me tell the story on the day I shot my deer, what my buck did. Can I tell that story? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. I told this you. This is all about you. That. So, this property where I shot my deer, it runs north and south. It's, like, long and skinny. And where I shot him was on the far, far north border of the property. And he was coming from the north when I shot him. That was at, 
I don't know. Four fifteen. Let's call it four fifteen at night. At five thirty six o'clock that that morning, there's a neighbor that he owns land a mile to the south of us. So from all the way from our south tip of our farm we hunt, he's about a mile away down river. And he had my buck on camera working a scrape a mile south of us. And I shot him coming from the north that night. So he came from the south, came all the way through our property, didn't get one single trail cam picture of him. And I, got, and I shot him coming back south from the north with zero pictures of him. And he came all the way through our property that day. Right. In daylight. He went past, walked our whole property in daylight. And we had not a clue in the world that he was out there. Which, yeah, that can be trail cam placement. Whatever, but you can't just base everything off trail cameras or else if I would have done that, I would have never shot that deer. Right, and it just shows how far these deer move during the rut. Like, exactly. You know, I have a story just in with, general, though, even like these deer just... Right. I've seen on, you know, a DNR page in Iowa, I don't know if you guys have seen that, that they tracked a deer, a two and a half year old for a year, and he traveled over like 27 miles, like in a oh, stretch. Oh, yeah, right. Well, it's like that story of, you know, Carlson, Jake Carlson, and then my buddy Tom. So he's seen Jake Carlson make a post somehow on Instagram with this Bucky shot. And my buddy Tom knows that, you know, I'm friends with Jake. And he sent me a Snapchat. He's like, hey, like, where did he kill this deer? And, you know, I have pictures of that. I just had a picture of him two days ago on my camera. And... Later to find out that was over two and a half miles away. Well, or two that days before Kirby's buck. That was the night before. Right. Even so Matt. Matt, he's not here tonight, but he had a picture of a buck, really nice buck. It was I think the Friday night before. Don't quote me on this, but I think it was the Friday night before rifle season, and a guy that everybody knows, he shot that buck. I think it was. Two and a half, three miles away. Saturday morning, mm-hmm. the next morning, the buck just went on a on a hot doe. Cause right. when they, when I shot my buck, he was on hot doe. I mean, when they get a hot doe, they'll move and they will go wherever they need to go. Well, they'll just keep pushing. And push that, that that doe will keep. If <clears throat> that doe is not ready, she will keep running and running and running until either she loses the buck or she's ready. One of the two. Yeah, it's it's, it's just crazy. I mean. You know, and, you know, back to just the adrenaline rush and, you know, everything is, you know, you know, that picture you got hanging up in your kitchen, you know, he's got a, a canvas print of the picture with that deer. Like, you know, me and Kyle especially are, like, pictures are just huge. Like, a picture you, goes a long ways. Right. And especially after a kill like that, like, you shoot him, you cut him up, you um, cape him. You drive around the taxidermist, and it all happens so fast, and it's such a rush. And the next day, the antlers are gone, the hide's gone, the meat's in the freezer, and it's like, you're still not over the moment, so you just go back and you look at your pictures. Well, how many times do you think you looked at that picture that same night? I bet it was at least a dozen. I can guarantee it. It was probably, honestly, like 40 times. (laughs) Easily, just just... that night alone. And still, so I got a canvas picture. My stepmom got it for me of that buck and I have it hanging in my kitchen and still every day I walk past there and just look like oh. well, man even... like what a what a sweet sweet outcome of the year you know 
Like, not, I, I love, I love that. I can never look at it enough. Right. Not only that, but like that, that picture is just like, it makes me live through too. That picture is literally picture perfect. Like it had turned out perfect. That night, the just absolute beautifulness of the sunset. That was an awesome picture. You know, to the awesome yeah. picture, to the, to the good deer, like it's just, all these things came in a line and it was just. It's always that perfect moment, you know. It was that perfect moment was captured perfectly, and it's a perfect picture. So I mean, there's nothing more I could have wanted more from that experience, and it all just worked out perfect. Now we just gotta wait for June to get him back, which we just brought a deer to the taxidermist. We were just paid the taxidermist little visit last week, and uh, that'll be in the next episode. That's the next episode coming out, but. The boys are buzzing this year. Also, the boys are buzzing this when year. When we were there, Logan's mule deer from Nebraska might be making an appearance at the house. Hopefully. Very oh, soon. Very soon. The farm was sitting there. He was waiting for the antlers to get back from getting freeze-dried. So, you know, that's going to be huge. I'd be so excited. Oh, I am. That was me. We'll do, we'll do a, a video. How about when Logan gets that one back, which will be soon, we'll do a video podcast with that deer. Absolutely. We'll just, I don't know what we'll talk. We'll just talk about just we'll look at it. Right, and it, it and you know I'm gonna throw his name out there because he is just a phenomenal taxidermist. Like, you know, from your short coat velvet white tail to I'm excited to see Logan's to to my other buddies to Mushes to you know my. I mean, fish he, he's done tons. I mean, Taylor. He's right. done. Taylor. He's just he does an awesome job. He does. His name's Justin Tassa out of Princeton. Uh, trophy takers taxidermy. Um, phenomenal work. Great guy. I mean, we go he, in there. He's and a he's a pure artist. I mean, you look at a deer he does compared to other deer. It is it is better. I guarantee you. It, yeah, it's it, it just not only that, but he's a great guy. I mean, you go in there and it's he's a, he's a great guy. Besides the last time, it's always an awesome. <laughs> last time he was just coming off being sick, and I think he was just you know tired and just he wasn't very talkative, but yeah, awesome guy. But no, you know, I'm excited to see him. You, know, you actually got to I'm, see the antlers again too earlier. You asked to see them. Yeah, I asked them. We were in there dropping <laughs> off uh, Logan's deer. I said, so how hard is it to go find mine? He's like, well, it's easier when they're bigger. Then <laughs> <laughs> you came right back with them. Not only that, but, you know, I don't want to tell Kyle's story either, but he, uh, um, one of his contractors that he they do work for, does a big buck giveaway, a big buck contest. Big buck contest, yeah. And uh, so he's walking away with a free mount. Uh, yeah, yeah. They awesome. uh, everybody, so everybody that joins, they, I think it's twenty bucks. I don't really know. Um, but yeah, I think it's just under eight hundred bucks that I got from that. So, I mean that they they do that to whoever wins, it pays for their mount. That's how it works. So yeah, I got a free mount of the deal. Yeah. So, guy really can't complain there. I'm excited to see him. Back. It'd be awesome to get him back. Yeah. All of our deer. All it's. I love dropping deer off the taxidermist, but I hate the waiting. Hey, yeah, hating, hate the waiting. Right, and but. like we said earlier too. I mean, season's not over. All four of us on the group could be tagged, filled. Well, you're the only one left with the yeah, box. Well, that's tag. what I'm saying. Yeah. It can happen. We gotta go check the trail cameras and and. and yeah, you got seven up, days, and you're going to run camera for me for the next six days. I No, just need to look at the card. If he shows up, we might give her a shot. Never know. Never know is right. You never know. I've been pretty lazy on it, but I've had, you know, 
quite a bit of problems this year with stuff, so. Well, well, boys. well yeah. That's, that's, that's a pretty good episode. Yeah, it's a good one. You know, there's going to be definitely more to come. Hopefully be on it a little bit more. We've kind of, with the whole, how tough of a season it was, we We've all were pulled different directions season, trying to make something happen. We got Matt's deer, you know, Matt shot his October 29th or 30th or whatever. No, no, it was, it was, it was earlier than 27th, I think. 27th. Yeah. You know, we got Kyle's and that he shot in Logan's Melee, which we already went over. And, you know, now Logan's coming out soon. We just shot one. But last week, two weeks ago? Two weeks. So. Two weeks ago. Um, yeah, by the time this podcast airs to the story drop, he should be pretty close to being on the YouTube page. So keep an eye out yeah, for that. Definitely. And hopefully you're eating some good food, spending that time with the yeah, family. Yeah, enjoy the holidays with yeah. the family. Merry, Merry Christmas to everybody. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Boom. Cool. See you guys next time. See you guys next time. Peace out.